0: From Las Vegas, you're listening to Verve. Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. There's a uh, TV show on Animal Planet called Wild Rescue. And in the show, you get to watch uh, professionals rescue animals who have put themselves at risk. Uh, there was this one episode where uh, a cute little baby deer, kind of like Bambi, um, got itself into a park. And there were some moms pushing their babies in strollers. And they got freaked out that there's a deer in the park because you know about all the deer attacks that we've been having for all these years. And so they call the park ranger and say, you got to get the deer out of the park. And and so they they show up and they're not sure what to do. Um, They can't shoot him with a tranquilizer because they're afraid if they do, he'll run out into the street, cause problems uh, with cars driving by. And so finally, one of the park rangers says, I have an idea. Uh, On the other side of the park, there's a a tall fence and it meets in a corner. What if we kind of corral the deer into the corner and when we get them there, we'll throw a net over them, we'll we'll grab them, and then we'll put them back into the woods and set them free. They all agree that's the best idea, and so they they corral the deer back into the into the corner. Uh, but when they start closing in on him, something inside this little deer's mind thought. And they want to hurt me. They're gonna hurt me. I don't want to be caught. And so the deer starts trying to jump over this really tall fence, and it can't do it. And so it just throws itself into the fence and throws itself into the fence over and over. And and it's it's really getting hurt. Like one of its little baby antlers breaks off, and there's blood coming down into his face and out of his nose. And and you're watching this and you're thinking. No, Bambi, Bambi, they just want to set you free. And, uh, and then at the end of the episode, the park ranger comes on. He says, well, unfortunately, we had to destroy that deer in the end. Uh, he said, we can't save them all, especially if they won't let us save them. There's a, there's a lot of spiritual significance to that, isn't there? But because a lot of us uh, respond to God in the same way that that deer responded to the park ranger. Like, like if I say the Bible is God's word, uh, there'd be a lot of people who say, oh, I don't, I don't know about all that. I mean, it, it's a book of... Rules and regulations, and it's a bunch of laws trying to fence me in and and control my life and take away my freedom, and and I don't want anyone telling me what to do. So today we're starting this new series I'm super excited about on the Bible called "The Bible for Grownups." Uh, we're going to talk in the weeks to come about why do Christians believe the Bible? Is it just blind faith or is there actually intellectual reasons, evidence we believe the Bible? We're going to look at some of the most crazy and offensive things, potentially offensive things in the Bible. I've literally never heard a church in my life uh, address the things we're going to address in two of the weeks of this series. And the reason they don't is because they're afraid people are going to be like, that's in the Bible, I'm out. And so we're gonna talk through uh, those things. Uh, We're gonna talk about how to read the Bible. But today, I wanna start by talking about how the Bible can set us free. That obeying the Bible is the key to us being free. And we love freedom. Right? I think people in general, especially maybe in our country, in fact, we're going to celebrate freedom this Tuesday, where uh, because of the 4th of July, we will risk blowing our fingers off with illegal fireworks, right? Because of independence, we love freedom, and obeying the Bible is what sets us free. But there's a problem. The problem is that we don't like authority, We don't like authority. We don't like anyone telling us what to do. We don't want anyone saying, Respect my authority! Right? None of that. Like, even, it started when you were a baby, right? When you're a little baby, you're sitting in a high chair, and your mom's trying to get you to eat some strained something, and and put it in your mouth, and you said, No! Right? Or, uh, you're a little older, you're outside, you're playing in the yard, your mom comes out and says, don't leave the yard, goes back in the house, and one minute later, you walked out of that yard because you weren't going to listen to that, right? When when you were a teenager, your parents said, be home at 10 o'clock, and you walked in at 10.15, right? We hate authority. We don't like authority, and and our whole lives, we have yearned to be free from it. You, You remember when you used to think, like when you were a teenager, you thought, man, when I turn 18... Man, when I, when I move out of this house, I'm going to make my own rules, and I will be free. Right? Our whole lives, we don't like authority because we want to be free. And now along comes God, and he wants to have authority in our lives. And he has this book, and he wants this book to have authority in our lives. And maybe you're thinking, wait, wait a second. If I, so if I become a Christian... Like if, or if I really choose to really live as a Christian, then I have to submit to God's authority. God's going to start telling me all this stuff he wants me to do, and I have to do it. And it feels like God's trying to take away our freedom, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of people think that God's favorite word is no. No, right? Some people wonder, like, why did God put the entire Bible together? He could have just created the whole Bible on three by five cards. No. No. Right? Just a series of five, three by five cards that I can't separate. No. No. Uh, what is the mission statement of heaven? No. It, like, just, that's all he had to do, right? When, when you were young and uh, you were a kid, if you went to church, maybe you came home and your parents said, hey, what was the sermon about today? No. You went to camp. What did you learn at camp this week? No. It just seems like God wants to be in your life, and he wants to have authority over your life. And for a lot of us, we think that that equals no, no, that God is about taking away freedom. So the question I want to answer today is, why should we submit our lives to biblical authority? Why should we decide that I'm going to obey anything and everything the Bible tells me to obey, and we're going to talk in the weeks to come about how do we understand what, what is exactly is it saying, and I want to give you three reasons to submit yourself to biblical authority and obey God and what he says in the Bible, ready? Uh, I can give you 20 or 30, but I'm going to give you three today. Uh, the first reason we should obey God and what he says in the Bible is because it is how we express our love to God and how we experience his love. It's how we express our love to God and how we experience his love. Now, that may not sound right to you but because um, what we do is we choose the wrong metaphors for God. We choose metaphors for God uh, that make it easier to disobey him. Um, like, a lot of us think of God as this big policeman in the sky. You know, that's, that's kind of who God is. And, um, and the metaphors the Bible uses most often are lover and parent lover and parent the the bible says that we are god's bride we're god's bride and that the way we express our love to him primarily is by obeying him by obeying him jesus taught this over and over one time um, he said in john 14 15 he said if you love me do you really love me obey my commandments that's how you show me your love. Obey my commands. Because we're God's bride, bride when, when we choose not to obey, when we sin against God, it's not like driving over the speed limit. We want to think of it that way. I broke a rule, but it's nothing like driving over the speed limit. Like if you drive over the speed limit and a policeman pulls you over and you're sitting there, you know that you broke a rule, but you're not thinking that you broke the policeman's heart. Right? You don't expect him to come up to you in tears and like, why? Why did you? How are you and I going to get through this? Right? It's like, no, he's a a policeman. But if I go, let's say I go on a trip to a church conference or something. And while I'm there, I go to strip clubs and I meet some girls and I go out on dates with them. If my wife Jen finds out, it's not just about getting caught like speeding is it's about being unfaithful, right? And it's not about just breaking a rule, it's about breaking her heart. And the Bible uses this analogy over and over and over again. It actually says that when we break God's laws, when we don't obey, we become adulterers. The way we commit adultery against God is by not obeying what he tells us to do in the Bible. Uh, And when we do obey, well, that is us expressing our love to him. And so we need to submit to biblical authority, obey what God says in the Bible, because that's how we express our love to God. It's also, and this may be something you've never thought of, you've never been told, it's in the Bible, you might have just kind of skimmed past it and not really thought, wait a second, what does that verse say? But it's also how you experience God's love. If you want to experience God's love, the way you do it is by obeying him. Believe it or not. Um, So here's one of the places the Bible says that. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. Read it real carefully. It says, But if anyone obeys his word, what happens? God's love is truly made complete in him. The way that God's love, the way you fully experience it, and it's made complete in you, is by obeying his word. Uh, See, God is not only a lover, he's also a parent. Um, as a parent, if you're a parent, you know this, uh, you love your kid all the time, right? All the time. And God loves you all the time with a perfect love. Maybe you didn't get that from your parents. He loves you with a perfect love. Uh, that means that there's nothing you could ever do to make God love you any more than he does right now. Isn't that cool? And there's literally nothing you could ever do to make God love you any less than he does right now. God loves you all the time with a perfect love. But that does not necessarily mean that we will always experience God's love. He loves us, but we may not experience it. Um, As a a parent, if your child disobeys, you have to discipline them, right? You you, you should. I know not every parent does, but you should discipline them. Uh, Why do you discipline them? Because you love them right? And so in life, a parent is trying to steer their kid away from bad behavior, from negative behavior, from self-destructive behavior. And so what you do as a parent is you create a negative consequence for negative behavior. You create that negative consequence, you discipline your kid in love and because of love, right? But your child will not experience that as love, right? When, when your child is being disciplined, however you did it, however your parents did it, they're getting a spank, and I'm not—I don't care about if you think that's good or bad. Whatever, uh, they're sitting in timeout, right? They're not going, "Oh man, I feel so loved right now." It doesn't feel like love; it feels like pain, right? It feels like pain and the Bible says if you want to read about this you can read Hebrews chapter 12 in the New Testament um, that as a good loving parent God will discipline his children for disobedience because he loves us so much he will try to steer us away from bad or dangerous or self-destructive behavior. And so what God does, like any good parent, is he creates a negative consequence for negative behavior, hoping that it will teach us, I shouldn't keep doing this. Now, with God, uh, his, his consequence wouldn't be a spanking or it wouldn't be a sitting time out. It might be uh, allowing sadness to come into our life, maybe, or, or guilt. Um, that might be it. Uh, it may be that he doesn't answer our prayers. The um, Bible says that a bunch of times. Uh, it might be that our relationships get all messy, um, and we're like, why, God, would you allow this? And it's like, well, because you're, you're doing things that lead to that. Um, it may be that he withholds financial blessing. Bible says he does that. Whatever he chooses, he does it because of love, and he does it in love, but for us, it doesn't feel like love just like an immature child, we don't experience it as love, it feels to us like pain. And so here's what I wonder. I wonder that sometimes when I, when I talk to people, um, I wonder if it's possible uh, that some of us became a Christian at whatever point in your life, you were 12 years old, you were 24 years old, it was three months ago, whatever, And ever since you became a Christian, you have had a consistent, steady pattern of disobedience to God, and so you have never really experienced his love in your entire life. I think it's possible that you've been sitting in time out your entire Christian life because you've been disobeying God consistently without caring your entire Christian life and, and, and it leads to questions, right? People say, look, I became a Christian, but my life never got any better. I became a Christian, but I don't have joy. Why, why doesn't God answer my prayers? Why doesn't God bless my finances? We, we don't understand. We have spent our entire Christian lives in time out. And God is just waiting in love for us to become obedient so that we can experience his love. Still loves us, just the same always, but he wants us to experience his love. Hope that makes sense. Uh, the first reason we should obey and submit our lives to biblical authority is because it's how we express our love to God. If you want to tell God you love Him, obey Him, and it's how we experience His love. The second reason is because there is too much at risk to, or too much at stake to risk failure. There's just too much at stake to risk failure. Um, I, I don't know if you're like me, but if you like um, buy something like maybe a, a grill or your, a, a bike for your kids and it comes in parts and you bring it home in the box and you dump the box out in your living room floor and all the parts fall out and then there's a little piece of paper flutters to the ground, which are the instructions, the directions, right? And if you're like me, you go, I don't need no stinking instructions, right? And so you're like, I got this. This is easy, and you start putting things together, and it seems to be going pretty good. But then you start thinking, I don't, I don't know if that's right, and this doesn't seem to fit right. And then you get to the end, and there's like four pieces left over, and they seem kind of important, and you realize this, this did not work. And so the next day, you you bring it back to, and, like you take it all apart, you put it in the box, and you bring it back to the store, and you're like. Um, I, th- I think this one's broke, <laughs> and they're like, okay, we can, we can take care of that for you, we'll, we'll just give you a new one. It's really not a big deal, right, because it's, it's a girl, it's a, it's a bike, it's really not that important, they can give you a new one. But man, there are some things in life that are really important. S- some things are such a big deal that it would be crazy to try to do them without the instructions. Like, if, if you're married or you have kids, man, what, what makes us think that we can just figure it out? Like, yeah, you know, my parents were married. They had kids. I saw them do it. I'll just, I, I, I can figure this. Really? R- really? I mean, what if you're wrong? What, what if you make some mistakes along the way? Like, you can't just say, oops, I'll, you know, pack the family back into the box, take it back in oops. It's like, no, right? There, there's, there's, no. It's just too important to risk failure. Or, or if you're a, a teenager, a young adult, then you, you only get one shot at high school, at college, at, uh, at first love. You only get one shot at your, your first time with, with sexual purity. And, and, and I know every teenager thinks that um, I'm really smart. I can figure it out. But my question is, why would you risk it? Why would you risk it? When you have a God who loves you so much, who invented all of it in the first place, and who is saying, I have a great plan for you, and I've given you a book that tells you how to do this right, why would you risk it when you have a God who gives you the instructions? There's a guy named Solomon in the Old Testament. You probably have heard of him. He's like literally the wisest person who ever lived other than Jesus. Amazingly smart. Um, History tells us that people would come from distant lands to come and just sit at his feet during the day and listen to him talk because they want to just hear his wisdom. And and so this guy, smartest guy ever, most wise person ever, um, here's what he says. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And Solomon could figure anything out, and still he says, man, I'm smart, but I still don't trust me. Like, I know that I'll make mistakes if I try to figure it out on my own, and so what I've learned is we need to lean on God and get his understanding. God is so wise, and we have so much at stake in our lives, and so why why risk it? All right, third reason. The third reason to submit to biblical authority is because it is the key to real freedom. It's the key to real freedom, which sounds wrong to us, I think, right? Because um, we think that freedom happens when I am not submitted to anyone or any authority, right? Then I'm free. Uh, freedom comes when I'm out from under authority. But the truth is that real freedom comes when we live under the authority of God and his word. The reason that sounds wrong is because we think that God's favorite word is no. And that God is a policeman um, who's out to catch us when we break the rules and is trying to take away our fun. But nothing could be further from the truth. And we, we think God's favorite word is no. But look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians one verse 20. It says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. God loves to say yes. We think submitting ourselves to, to biblical authority, to God's authority, will weigh us down. But look what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 verse 3. It says, this is love for God. Here's another time it says, how do you express your love to God? This is love for God, to obey his commands. And then check this, and his commands are not burdensome. And when you actually try on God's commands, when you decide, I'm going to live by what he says, what you realize is that his commands are light and freeing. Um, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, um, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. And and a lot of people are like, whoops, stop right there, because that's exactly what I don't want. I don't want to be yoked to some oppressive God who's going to give me all these rules and try to wear me down. But Jesus finishes the sentence by saying, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We say, I just want to be free. And Jesus says in John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So what God speaks, his word sets us free. See, submitting ourselves to God, to to his word, to biblical authority is how we get free. The freedom, surprise, it's it's the twist, is found in living under God's authority because God is not against freedom. He is all for it. You you may ask the question, I I probably would ask the question, okay, but if that's true, if God's all for our freedom, why are there so many rules in the Bible? And and it is true, there are a lot of rules in the Bible, but that's not God's fault. Do, Do you know that at the very beginning, when God had the world exactly the way he wanted, there was one rule, only one rule. God gave people tons of freedom. The the problem is that people misused his freedom and sin came into the picture. And and it's sin brought on by us, not by God, that robbed us of our freedom and required a loving God to uh, install rules. Because when sin entered the picture, man, our world became a dangerous environment and whenever you have a dangerous environment, there's always rules, right? If you go to a zoo, that's, that's kind of a dangerous environment. There's rules, right? Don't put your hands here. Don't feed the animals. If you ever go to a, a power plant, dangerous environment, there's rules. Whenever there's danger, there, there's rules. And it wasn't God's idea to load us up with a bunch of fences and, and barriers and no's. That was the result of sin. But back when there was only one rule and people had so much freedom, uh, here's what's amazing. Still, they thought that the one rule was one rule too many. And so they said, nope, we won't even follow one rule. And they stepped out from under God's authority and they used their freedom to violate his one rule. They, They did it because they thought this will make us free. But what they discovered was that they actually gave away their freedom when they stepped outside of God's authority. And here's the deal, we, we don't think like this. We don't, we don't think it like this, but each and every day, you and I are faced with the same exact decision. And, and every day, you and I, uh, definitely I, make the same wrong choice. We step outside of God's authority because we think it's gonna make me free, and what actually happens is we lose freedom. And, man, most of you know what I'm talking about. You can think of examples. Um, like maybe uh, you know of the pain and the freedom you lost when you expressed, uh, when, when, when you um, experimented sexually as a teenager or a single adult. And you, you did that because you are like, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. It's my body. I can do whatever I want with my body. And then later you got married and you realized, oh. I actually lost some vital freedoms. Uh, I lost the freedom to be uh, absolutely intimate in the most significant way with the most significant person in my life, my my spouse. I gave some of that freedom up because of what I did when I was single. And and then the, the moment you got married, you would do anything anything to, to go back and undo some of what you did so you could regain the potential for what you wish you had. But you can't because you lost that freedom when you stepped outside of God's biblical authority in your life. Or maybe, um, maybe you're a guy and you had an affair and you ran out on your first wife. Why? Because you're free. You're free, man. You, you can do what you want to do but now you find yourself, you're divorced, you're trying to patch things up with your kids, and, and you have lost the freedom to be the kind of parent you always wanted to be to your children, the kind of parent they need because they don't trust you. And they may, they may never tr- choose to trust you again. It, it's gone. And, and whatever moments of, of thrill you had with that woman, man, you, you would do anything to, to take it back because you lost something so precious And it was not because of God. It was because of sin. Financially, it's your money. You can do whatever you want because you're free. And now you have a boatload of debt, and you look at it, and you realize, I did not gain freedom. I lost freedom. But by using my freedom... Or you're free to entertain yourself in any way you want. It's your eyes. It's your mind. You can look at do whatever you want. And so many people have become addicted to pornography. Why? Because they're free. But but really what you find is you lose your freedom. Maybe it destroys your marriage. Maybe your kids, you're just hoping they never find out. Or maybe no one's found out yet, and you're just every day hoping no one ever finds out. And you realize, in my attempt to to live free, I actually have lost freedom because I'm addicted. It might be alcohol, it might might be drugs. Start off as an expression of freedom and you ended up losing your freedom. And here's why. Not because of God and his authority, but because you chose, and and I've done this too, right? Um, You chose to step outside of God's authority, and um, and violated His rules. One of the things I've heard—I don't know if I should say hundreds of times, or if it'd be more honest to say thousands of times. Probably hundreds of times um, as a pastor for 29 years—is people say to me, like out in the lobby, or when I'm having coffee with them during a week, they say, "You know that that sermon? Man, I wish I had heard that sermon five years ago." People say, "Man." I was so bad that I had heard that sermon when I was a teenager. Man, I, I just wish I heard that sermon you gave on Sunday before I got married. People say it all the time. Do you know what they're really saying? What they're really saying is, I wish that I had chosen to live my life under biblical authority. I wish back then I'd obeyed what God said in the Bible because if I had, I wouldn't have lost all this freedom in my life. But the key to our freedom is not believing the Bible. That does not do much for you. It's not reading the Bible. Uh, we'll talk about why that's so important. But the key is doing what the Bible says. Doing what the Bible says. Why would you do that? I told you I've got lots of reasons. One is, it's what Jesus did. He, he's a pretty good example to follow. And as we, as we said, it's how we express our love to God. It's how we experience his love. I think we all want that. Um, because the things in our life are too important to risk failure. Let's read the instructions God gave us. And because it is the key to experiencing and, and sustaining real freedom in our lives. And that's what we want. We all just want to be free. So you, uh, you remember Bambi, Yeah, the, the, he, he tried to get away from authority and, and, um, and thought that he could get away, but ultimately it led to his death. And the ranger said, we can't save them all, especially if they won't let us save them. And some of us can relate to Bambi because we have spent our lives trying to get away from authority maybe trying to get away from God. And what we realize is, man, it's just like, I just keep throwing myself into this fence, trying to be free, and I'm just, it's just self-destructive. And maybe it's even gotten to a place at one point in your life, or maybe you're there today, where you just feel kind of dead. But like spiritually dead. And what's interesting is that's not just a feeling, it's actually a reality, Um, Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 2.1. It says, you were dead. He's writing to people who are now Christians. They didn't used to be Christians. He says, you were dead. And, And so it's saying, if you live your life apart from God, if you live your life trying to resist God, then we're dead. And according to God, the, the only thing that can give us new life, the life we need, is Jesus. Um, look at Romans four seventeen. 17. Uh, it tells us that God gives life to the dead. God gives life to the dead. And, and he does it through our accepting what Jesus does, did for us in the cross and entering into a life-giving relationship with him where we stay connected with him. And every day he's pouring life and love into us. God sent Jesus to save you. But just like Bambi, you need to let him. And the way you do that, the way you say yes to his offer is uh, you put your trust in his son Jesus and what he did on the cross. And when you do that, uh, you then get baptized and start following him. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So so baptism is when a person is uh, lowered underwater and then raised up out of the water. And it signifies a death and burial and a resurrection to a new life. It's like, I was dead and now I'm alive. It signifies a a cleansing, like a spiritual cleansing. And we're doing baptisms on July 23rd. So three weeks from today, man, that could be your day. Maybe you're ready to do that. Maybe you've never have and you're ready. You know, it's really interesting in the Bible, there are literally examples of thousands of people getting baptized, and all those people got baptized on the first day that they hear about Jesus. A lot of people today are like, well, I, want, I need to learn more, and I need to get my life in order first. I need to clean up my act. I need to go to church more. I need, and it, no, that's not how it works. Uh, they, they heard about Jesus. They heard what he did on the cross for them, and they're like, I know I need that. I believe that. I want that, and they got baptized that day, and, and maybe you're like, I, I want that. I need that. I'm going to do that. If so, you can let us know that you're interested or that you're you're in um, by going to verb.cc and one of the, the links you'll see, verb.cc is our digital connection card and one of the options that says baptism, click that, I'll email you and we can talk about uh, if that's the step you wanna take or whatever questions you have, okay? I'm going to pray for us, and then um, our band's going to lead us in a couple more songs. And um, this is a chance not only to sing, but um, it's a chance to kind of give ourselves, give our hearts to God, to tell God, man, maybe I've been going this way, but God, I want you, and I want to come back to you. Um, And I'm so, God, I'm so thankful that for all the times I didn't obey and I didn't accept your authority, that your grace covers that because of Jesus. I may have lost freedom, but I did not lose you or your love and um we have communion available it's on the tables in the back of the room for those of us who are here um and it's a piece of bread and a cup of juice that remind us of jesus body and blood given for us in the cross so we can thank him and recommit ourselves to life with him so let's pray and then we'll do that god we all just want to be free um, we, we live in a country that is maybe our highest value is um it's freedom. And we assume, it just seems to make sense, that freedom comes when we live without authority. But the paradox, God, that, that we need to understand is that true freedom comes when we submit to your authority because you are God that wants to set us free. That every rule you give us, every guideline, every commandment, um, every verse in the Bible is designed to point us, to push us to our life of freedom. God, as we start this series, um, I pray as we learn more about the Bible and why we believe it and how to understand some of the things that are hard to understand in it and and all of it, God, I pray that you would help us to remember that the the real power comes when we obey it, when we live by it. God, thanks that um, even if we haven't, even if we've gone far, far from you, Uh, You love us so much that you come after us, and your grace is bigger than our sin. We pray um, all these things uh, in the name of the one who came for us, in Jesus' name, amen.